This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Element, the electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. Yep, that means a lot of salt and zero sugar. Try it today for just the cost of shipping. Go to drinkelement.com slash athlete. That's drinklmnt.com slash athlete. This episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers for a personalized action plan. Save 25% today when you go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nomad Athlete Radio. I am Doug Hay, and today I'm joined by two guests, Jose and Diana from Reversing Type 2 Diabetes. Welcome, guys. Hey, Doug. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I just learned that you guys are both uh, working together in Boulder or visiting each other. You're you're in the same place, but um, you're (laughs) you're not physically in the same place right now. Is that right? So we actually are. So I live in Boulder um, and Hosa came here to visit me and we're doing some work together for a few days. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm glad I'm glad to have the opportunity to, to speak with you guys. It's gonna be fun. For sure. Doug, let me let me tell you. Um, I don't know if you've been here in Boulder before, but this is the Mecca for athletes. Uh, I'm currently training. <laughs> I'm currently training for an Ironman. Uh, it's on September. Oh. And oh man, like I just love Boulder. I love the energy that people like, you know, go out on runs with. And like I was just swimming yesterday. It was a great time. I love Boulder. I just wanted I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I've been fortunate enough to visit Boulder a few times. Um Matt Tolman, who uh is one of the co founders of Compliment and and also a frequent uh co host of the of the podcast here. He lives in Boulder and so I've gone out to visit him a few times and it is uh it is a beautiful, beautiful place. And as a trail runner and mountain runner, you can't really get much better than that. Oh yeah. I might move uh. here. <laughs> <laughs> what Ironman are you doing, Jose? It's the um the Maryland. Um Ironman Maryland, full Ironman. Uh it's gonna be my first one ever. So <laughs> I'm pretty pretty happy to have uh, make made the decision to just jump right into it and started training for it last October. And man, it, it's been a journey so far. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Would you say first whenever? Do you mean, uh, have you done like a half Ironman or, or are you jumping straight into the full Ironman distance? Like just a distance planned uh, on July. I'm actually going to do it for my for my 30th birthday. And that's going to be my half Ironman. It's going to be part of my training. But the actual Ironman is taking place on September 18th, I believe. Awesome. Well, good, good luck to you. Um, I, uh, I, I've never done a triathlon and, and I don't know that I ever, ever will. It seems very, uh, <laughs> very yeah, let hard. alone an Ironman. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Huge respect for people who do Ironman. Absolutely. Well, before we get too far into this, um, I think this is a good opportunity for you both to introduce yourselves individually and, and, um, and reversing type two diabetes and, and the type of work that you're doing over there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, Diana, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So my name is Diana. I am a registered dietitian and I also have my master's in nutrition science. Um, And I became very passionate about the field of diabetes because, well, first of all, type 2 diabetes runs in my family. I've seen a lot of my family members struggle with it. So it's something that hits very close to home. And 
as a dietitian, I've worked in clinical settings and just seen how much confusion and lack of proper education there is around this chronic disease, especially when it comes to educating people about how much our lifestyle has an impact on the progression and, and reversal of type 2 diabetes. So Elsa and I, we joined forces and we created our company Reversing Type 2 Diabetes. Um, we offer people a program, it's a 10-week program, um, to help educate people on the topic and, and really just help guide them in changing their diet and lifestyle so they can live diabetes-free. Um, so that's a little bit about my background and, and um, our program. And yeah, so I'm very passionate about, passionate about the field. You want to go for it? you want to go for your introduction as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, my name is Jose Tejero. I am an exercise physiologist, and I have a degree in exercise science. So I basically help people transition to uh, healthier ways of living, and I've been doing this for the past five years now. Um, the way that I discovered the plant-based approach was during an internship that I had with um, two plant-based doctors at a family medicine practice. Um, this was, like, I would say, four years ago. Um, but before that, I was used to the typical approach that doctors would have when it comes to managing disease, you know, prescribing medications for um, according to your lab results, basically, right? But these doctors that I, that I had at the internship with, they were all about lifestyle change instead before sending a patient down the downward spiral of prescription medications, you know? Um, now, don't get me wrong. In some cases, medications are definitely necessary. But in most cases, a simple lifestyle change is, is all you need, right? So at this time, it's where I learned all the ins and outs of plant-based whole food nutrition and the incredible benefits that it has on metabolic health. Um, now, here I kind of had like a little paradigm shift and I understood that metabolic conditions like type 2 diabetes are not chronic lifelong diseases which is what most people think. People think, oh, I have type 2 diabetes, now I have to live with medications for the rest of my life. But that is not true. They can actually be reversed. And the answer is actually three, in our plate, three times a day, during breakfast, during lunch, during dinner, and in our lifestyle habits, right? So um, during, during my internship, I saw patients, you know, reverse type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, fatty liver, reduce inflammation biomarkers, um, and basically just improve their overall health. So it wasn't a question, uh, for me, it wasn't a question if this approach worked or not. It was most of like a question of how do I get this information out there so everybody can benefit. Um, so by the way, thank you, Doug, for inviting us to the NMA radio because I'm spreading <laughs> the word about the plant-based diet and that's exactly what I want to do. Um, but that being said, that is kind of how reversing T2D was born as an evidence-based program that helps people reverse type 2 diabetes um, because I just wanted to close that gap between um, diagnosis and of type 2 diabetes or metabolic conditions and actually taking action to change your lifestyle for the better. There was a huge gap in there and that is what reversing type 2 diabetes um, is doing um, to help people basically, you know? Um, now, seeing people adopt this approach and save their own lives is the reason why we do what we do. Why do you guys think, and this is a pretty big question, so <laughs> it could be its own, its own entire podcast series probably, but uh, why, why do you guys think we become so dependent on medications when oftentimes a lifestyle change 
will will work just as well, if not better, for the long term? That's that's a very good question, and I mean, I would say this this uh, the answer has two parts. Um, one of them is just like the the medical system, the way that it has been set up, um, the algorithms that doctors have to follow according to basically lab results, and it, it, it's literally just how nutrition is not taught uh, to an to to big to a large extent in medical school, right? So doctors are the front line when it comes to treating people with diseases. And if we are, if the, if our doctors are just giving medications because that's what, that's what they were taught to do, and not actually uh, teach people how to change their lifestyle, then we kind of have a problem. Um, but that is just part of the problem, uh, in my opinion. There's also this culture of um, instant gratification and uh, not putting the work to change a few things in your life, and that's a way that's that's a way that most humans operate actually around the world. So. Having a pill that you know will lower your blood glucose sounds much better than I have to change what I eat every single day. You know, so yeah. I think I think that's that's the main reason why a lot of people are going down the the downward spiral of medications. Yeah, and like Halsa said, a huge part of it really stems from the lack of nutrition education given to doctors. You know, most doctors don't receive any nutrition education, and some receive just a few hours of it. So they really don't understand how much diet can impact some of these chronic diseases, especially one like type two diabetes, which is primarily, you know, primarily develops because of poor diet and, and a sedentary lifestyle. Um, and, you know, working with doctors, not all of them refer their patients to a dietitian. So, you know, if you're, if you're just skipping all that important education, a person will never know that they, just by changing some of these lifestyle factors, they can actually do so much to improve not only their diabetes health, but a lot of other metabolic conditions as well. Okay, so you mentioned, well, you know, type 2 diabetes and, and the onset of type 2 diabetes or, you know, where it comes from. Uh, why don't we actually break down what the different types of diabetes are and, uh, and how type 2 might be a little different? Of course, yeah, I love I love explaining this topic. <laughs> so this is a very good question. Um, so type one diabetes is an autoimmune condition. Okay, so basically, when you develop type one diabetes, um, an autoimmune reaction targets your beta cells for destruction, and your beta cells are responsible for making insulin. Okay, so basically, the way that this works is your immune system makes antibodies that target certain proteins on the surface of the beta cells and disable them from doing their job, which results in a, a, a loss of insulin production. So basically you lose the ability to produce insulin, insulin naturally. Um, now let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> Imagine insulin as the key that is needed to open the doors of the cells so glucose can go in. Okay, so you absolutely need insulin in your blood so glucose can go into the cells. Okay, no insulin means that blood glucose has nowhere to go and be used as energy. So this leads to very high blood glucose levels. Um, now, once this insulin producing beta cells are gone, they're basically just gone forever, which leads to full dependency of, of insulin injections. Uh, you basically have to inject with insulin every time you eat. That is type one diabetes, an autoimmune condition. Okay, so type two, is very similar in the sense that 
you get high blood glucose um, levels, but the mechanism is a little bit different. You are producing insulin and you're actually producing lots of insulin, but your cells are not responding to it. Basically your muscle and liver cells become blind to the key that is supposed to open the door. Okay. And this condition is called insulin resistance, which is the underlying problem behind type two diabetes. Many people don't, many people fail to realize this. They think that type two diabetes is just high blood glucose values, but they forget to ask themselves, okay, what actually caused this? What is the root problem here? So basically this, con um, this is a condition that first sets in insulin resistance, and then you go ahead and develop pre-diabetes, and then it goes on to, to full-blown type two diabetes, right? And, um, and as a result of living with insulin resistance as, as, a, as an underlying cause of type two diabetes, your fasting and your post-meal blood glucose levels can get quite high, right? Um, and the amount of insulin that your pancreas is secreting also goes very high because your pancreas is trying to make more of these keys in hopes to open more doors so blood glucose can, can go back to normal levels, right? Um, now, the problem here is that after a period of time, the insulin production abilities of your beta cells have been comp uh, compromised due to the amount of overwork that they have done over the years. And basically to summarize, here is where you, it's kind of similar to type one, you lose um, production of insulin and you, in other words, you have less keys to open doors and that leads to a pretty, a pretty big problem if you let type 2 diabetes develop for a long time. So just to summarize, uh, insulin resistance is the underlying cause, which then progresses to prediabetes and then becomes type 2 diabetes. And what our approach does is reverse the root cause. So you can actually go to non-diabetic levels without medication and basically just using your food as medicine. Even if you're already full-blown type 2 diabetic? Yeah, actually, um, so there's a, there's a distinction in there. Um, if you are full-blown type 2 diabetic uh, and you have been insulin-dependent for a, for a very long time, then it is, it is likely that you have burnt out all your beta cells. But there's a way to find out. There's a, there's a test called the C-peptide test that you need to take on a, on a fasting state, on a fasted state. And this test will let you know how much insulin you're naturally producing. If the levels are above a certain threshold, then it means that you can get off insulin and you can manage it completely through diet change alone. Uh, now, if the levels of, of, of naturally producing insulin that you're currently producing are below a certain level, then sometimes medications are going to be needed forever uh, or insulin is going to be needed forever. Now, most people don't get to that level. You know, by the time that you are, are have completely burned your, your uh, beta cells, um, you, you, you have already found out uh, about your high blood glucose and you would have already, hopefully, have already done something to change your lifestyle. So a lot of people don't get to that point. A lot of people find out early enough that they can do something uh, to reverse it naturally. Got it. Okay, so so how does how does food, diet, and and lifestyle play into the development of? Well, let's start with the development of of type two diabetes. Yeah, so of course, um, diabetes the cause of diabetes is multifactorial. So, 
diet, exercise, lifestyle all play a pretty big role in the progression of it. But diet definitely plays probably one of the most significant roles. Um, so when it comes to type 2 diabetes um, specifically, we have to be aware of the saturated fat content in our diet. The consumption of too many calories rich in these saturated fats is one of the biggest causes for type 2 diabetes. So saturated fat is um, found in mainly in animal products. So meat and dairy are the highest amounts of saturated fat, and they also make up um, a huge source of the Western diet, a huge protein source. Um, but when it comes to the typical Western diet, what is it? It's composed of quite a lot of animal products, so saturated fat, coupled with a very low intake of nutrient-dense foods. So if you think about, you know, the typical diet, eggs and sausage for breakfast, turkey and cheese sandwich for lunch, chicken for dinner, it's just a ton of this, a ton of saturated fat that leads to this buildup in our cells. So like as Jose mentioned, um, insulin resistance is the underlying cause of type 2 diabetes. And when we eat too many of these saturated fats with a low intake of nutrient-dense foods, it starts to lead to this gradual buildup of fat in, in cells where fat should not be. So cells like our liver cells, our muscle cells, um, this, this fat should not be there because it will disrupt insulin signaling. So this typical diet... Um, starts to contribute to this accumulation of fat in these cells, leading to insulin resistance. And if nothing is done to start reversing this buildup, then it, it will lead to high levels of glucose, which can lead to prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. So it, it really just comes down to this overconsumption of these fats, coupled with a low consumption of nutrient-dense fruits, like fruit, veggies, whole grains, and it just becomes extremely toxic to the body and to our cells. Um, and, and that ultimately is what causes such a, um, it, it's what causes this development of type two diabetes. And of course, lifestyle does play a role. So not exercising will play a huge role in the development as well, because exercise does help to, to clear out some of that fat from our cells. And Jose, as an exercise physiologist can talk more about the role exercise, the very important role exercise plays in, in helping reduce and reverse insulin resistance. Yeah. Um, just, just to, to summarize and to build on what Diana said, um, basically, yes, the problem here on, on, on the Western world world that leads to the development of type two diabetes is, uh, an excess consumption of calories an excess consumption of saturated fats that come mostly from animal products not enough physical activity and high stress levels but like diana said diet is actually the biggest problem of them all and let me just mention this real quick there was actually a study made in over 60,000 people showing the effects of diet and the prevalence of type 2 diabetes this study was called the adventist health study which basically followed up um seven-day adventists uh, who are a very health conscious group of people no drinking no smoking basically they exercise regularly and so on the study showed that the prevalence of type 2 diabetes decreased with each reduction of animal products in their diet. So from 7.6% in non-vegetarians to 6.1% in semi-vegetarians, 4.8% in pesco-vegetarians, and 29 in vegans. So the prevalence of type 2 diabetes uh, among a group of people that are relatively healthy is very, very low. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting fact right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's incredible.
Yeah. And, and plant-based diets just play such a huge role in reversing type two diabetes. So your diet can, can speed up your progression of diabetes, but it can also actually prevent it and reverse it. And the, the amount of research there is that shows how powerful a plant-based diet is, especially towards diabetes is actually quite incredible. Um, so there's so many studies that show it not only prevents diabetes in the first place, but it can successfully reverse it and also at the same time improve a lot of those other health markers that usually are, are that come along with diabetes, like excess weight, cholesterol, blood pressure, et cetera. And, you know, there's a general consensus that the elements of a whole food plant-based diet, which are legumes, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds, with little or no intake of, of processed foods and animal products, um, it's extremely beneficial for type 2 diabetes. And the answer is, uh, the reason why is because you're eating little to no of that saturated, little to none of that saturated fat that's coming from those animal products. And that's coupled with um, a very high intake of nutrient-dense foods. So like I said, um, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, a lot of these are what what we call nutrient-dense foods, so, that, so they contain high amounts of nutrients like fiber, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, um, and are also relatively low in calories, so you're able to eat so much more of these foods to help you keep you satiated, um, and, just, uh, to, and you just reap so many of these great health benefits from them. Um, and again, just like the, just, there's been an abundance of research, especially of late that shows that people following a plant-based diet experience huge reductions in their blood sugar, um, in their cardiovascular risk, um, in body weight, especially compared to people who just follow a diet that's, um, composed of, of animal products. So how about, what about sugar, especially processed sugar? Does that play any sort of role in in uh, in the onset of type 2 diabetes? So absolutely. You know, sugar plays a role as well. The Americans tend to eat um, way too many added sugars. You know, they're found in so many different processed foods these days. And what happens is if we, if you also lead a sedentary lifestyle, so you're not doing a lot of exercise, you're not burning off all that, that sugar that you're eating, it's going to be converted into fat. And again, that's going to contribute to that fat buildup in your cells. It's going to contribute to obesity, um, being overweight. So it definitely does play a role, but, um, I would say out of all the nutrients, saturated fat would play, definitely plays, mm -hmm. um, it has a larger role in the development of type 2 diabetes. And, and just to just to build on that, um, the problem here, Doug, is, is added sugars, okay? Because right. a lot of people think that, okay, uh, I'm eating a banana, I'm eating an apple and so on. I know that that's a, that has sugars. Is that going to be bad for my type 2 diabetes? And the answer is, is no. Like this uh, fruits, um, they, they actually come prepackaged with lots of fiber, with lots of water, uh, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins, you name it. So the effects of those natural sugars from whole foods in our bodies are completely different than sugars that are added 
let's say to pastries, let's say to like sodas and so on. And now that I mentioned pastries, the problem is that apart from the sugars that you're eating on a pastry, you're also eating um, like the butter and the milk and the eggs and so on. And people just think, oh, pastry carbohydrates. But no, that pastry actually has lots of saturated fat, which are bad for you and are actually the reason why insulin resistance develops in the first place, right? So it is, it is very important to distinguish the source of the carbohydrate that you're eating. Uh, and that will play a big role in if it's, if it's healthy for you or if it's not. So for example, carbohydrate from uh, soda, carbohydrate from a piece of candy versus carbohydrate from uh, brown rice or quinoa or sweet potatoes. Um, I hope that makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Because, you know, a, a whole food plant-based diet is often very high in carbohydrates. Uh, but you're saying that these whole food carbohydrates aren't, aren't the problem. Right. And, they, and the whole food carbohydrates contain fiber, which is probably one of the most important nutrients we can eat in our diet. Fiber helps to slow down the absorption of of sugar. So if you're eating a piece of fruit, you're not only eating the fructose, which is that simple sugar, but you're also eating a ton of fiber. And you can think of fiber as kind of like a, a wall. So it doesn't go digested in our, it's not digested. So it kind of travels through our GI tract and it, it slows down the absorption of other nutrients of getting into our bloodstream. So you don't see those huge spikes in glucose when you eat high fiber meals. Whereas if you were to eat just those added sugars, those refined carbohydrates that lack fiber, it's going to enter your bloodstream a whole lot quicker. And you probably may see some spikes in your glucose levels shortly after eating those foods. All right, so let's pause for a second on the interview to thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Element, the electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. As athletes, we know that electrolytes are critical for feeling and performing our best. They help with muscle cramps, fatigue, and so much more. But a lot of electrolyte drinks are filled with artificial ingredients, coloring, sugar, all kinds of junk that you really probably don't want if you're drinking it regularly. Enter Element free from all of that junk. And I'm actually drinking here. I wish I could cheers you drinking some Element right now. I regularly drink uh, drink a cup or two just to feel my best in the afternoon. It kind of helps whatever makes me feel more hydrated in the afternoon. It makes me feel a little bit more focused and, and ready to go. And I know that focused isn't really in their, in their ad copy, but, uh, you know, just the way it makes me feel. <laughs> Element is used by NFL teams, NBA players, coaches, and by moms, dads, and weekend warriors looking for extra hydration during a workout or, if you're like me, an afternoon of working. Try Element today, totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend, and we'll, they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. Element is offering something really special for the Nomad Athlete audience. You can get Element sample packs with their five flavors now because they now have a watermelon flavor. Totally free when you, all you have to do is pay for shipping, which is just $5 if you're in the U.S. Go to drinkelement.com slash athlete. That's drinklmnt.com slash athlete. This episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Every day there is some new wellness trend. Eat this, do that, avoid those. How do you know where to start and who do you trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you with a personalized, science backed 
trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. I actually just got my Inside Tracker blood test done recently. They came to my house or sent a nurse to come to my house, draw my blood. It was easy peasy. And within a couple of days, you get your, your results and uh, everything that you need to, to have an action plan which is really the coolest part about this. Their blood tests include biomarkers that are key for performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin or vitamin D. But my favorite part that I mentioned earlier, they don't just give you the data, they provide you a nutrition and lifestyle tips action plan. So step-by-step what to do once you have the data that that they get from the blood draw. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering NMA listeners 25% 25% off their entire store. Go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Change is an inside job. Start inside. All right, and with that, let's get back to the podcast. So if you were designing a plant-based diet for someone who was pre-diabetic or, or, or diabetic, uh, how would that look compared to you know maybe a healthy person and someone who considers themselves a vegan or a, or a plant-based eater? Got, got it. Okay, so so your question is is how would we recommend a plant based diet for someone who is at risk of type two diabetes and how it differs from the normal vegan diet? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, a vegan diet it is simply a diet that avoids all animal products, right? But it doesn't really mean that it's a, a healthy diet. So Oreos, potato chips, Coca Cola, like those are vegan, but they're not going to help you reverse type two diabetes, right? So the key uh, for somebody that wants to reverse type 2 diabetes is to eat a plant-based whole food diet, which, yes, is, is vegan, but is much more than that, right? So plant-based whole food diets emphasize like legumes, as Diana mentioned, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds, and they discourage animal products, refined carbohydrates, added sugars, and oils. So. If we were to, if, if, when we tell people, hey, like a plant-based whole food diet is what is what reverses type two diabetes, uh, Diana creates this um, this meal plans that include all of these whole plant-based foods, and they are organized with ideal macronutrient ratios that research has shown um, to reverse insulin resistance. As I mentioned, the underlying cause of type two diabetes, right? So. Um, and as I mentioned in, in my previous answer, like it, it really, uh, what really matters here is the type and source of each macronutrient. Uh, more, more than the ratios, it's the type and source. So for example, for carbohydrate, are you eating a whole carbohydrate or a refined carbohydrate? If you're eating fats, are you eating plant-based unsaturated fats or are you eating animal-based saturated and trans fats? And when it comes to protein, are you eating plant protein or animal protein. So that actually plays a major role on um, on the types of diet that we uh, recommend to somebody that wants to reverse type 2 diabetes. Um, now, the mechanisms of action for, for the reversal of type 2 diabetes through this plant-based diet is mostly through um, the promotion of like a health, a healthy body weight. Plant-based diets do promote healthy body weight. Um, as Diana mentioned, they, they have lots of fiber and phyto, phytonutrients. Um, a lot of fiber actually also helps with um, the, the microbiome, our, our gut microbiome, 
who, uh, which has a lot of uh, a direct effect on glucose modulation in our, in our bloodstream. And um, another benefit of the plant-based diet is a decrease in saturated fat. Um, you're also not eating the advanced glycation end products, which are a byproduct of eating meat, uh, nitrosamines and heme iron, which they're all containing meats. And they have been shown to be uh, responsible for the development of insulin resistance. So basically, <laughs> avoid animal products, eat more plant-based foods, and, uh, and you will be golden. <laughs> Sounds easy enough, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and just to uh, add to that as well, if so uh, we do come across people who are very, very insulin resistant, meaning, um, again, like they will experience spikes in their glucose levels no matter what kind of carbohydrate they eat just because they have that underlying issue. And that's why a lot of people with diabetes tend to demonize all carbohydrates because they see an immediate spike in their glucose levels. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's not the fruit's fault. It's not the sweet potato's fault. It's, it's what's, what has caused you to have that reaction to the fruit and to those healthy carbs in the first place. So what we try to do with people is we, we work with them to include a ton of non-starchy veggies into their diet, coupled with these other higher carb foods to help kind of mitigate that um, any glucose spikes that they would see post meal and tra um, transitioning them over to a plant-based diet um, helps to, will help to work on clearing that insulin resistance. And what we notice is yes, they may have some spikes in their glucose post plant-based meals, but after a week or two weeks, they really see significant drops in those post meal glucose levels and that, and their fasting glucose levels. So we do, um, encourage people who are very insulin resistant to start off with eating a lot of those non-starchy veggies um, and and to really incorporate fruit, but fruit that is higher in, in fiber. So berries is, is a great example of that. We do encourage starting off with more of those uh, high fiber foods um, to start and then gradually being able to kind of incorporate those other carbs as well. Awesome. So let, let's talk about oil. Um, you mentioned, one of you mentioned oil earlier, and, you know, I know that that's kind of a hot topic, uh, especially within the whole food plant-based world community uh, about whether it's healthy or whether some amounts of it are healthy or not. Um, what are you, what are y'all's opinion on um, whether any sort of oil is, is healthy? And if so, you know, wh which one and, and, and what quantity? Um, so in our program, we do recommend really limiting oil intake as much as possible because our emphasis is a whole food plant-based diet and oil is just not considered a whole food. It is a very processed, um, it's a very processed food. So we do advocate whole food sources as much as possible. So having those olives instead of the oil, having seeds instead of the seed oils, um, and it's also just a highly calorie dense food. So it contributes a lot of calories to the diet with very few nutrients. It's actually the highest, um, it has the highest calories per serving or per gram compared to any other food out there. So when we tell people in our program that it, they, it actually, it often comes as a surprise. Like people are very surprised at how calorie dense oil is. Um, and our program 
you know, we really do advocate for nutrient dense foods. So oil just doesn't really fit into, you know, our approach and, and what we preach. Yeah. And, and just to add on that, it's, it's all about uh, context as well. Um, if, you, if your main goal is to reverse uh, type 2 diabetes, reverse insulin resistance, then why add something that is not going to help you on this journey, right? Oils is literally just pure fat, lots of calories, will contribute to gain uh, to weight gain and so on. So if, you're, if your main goal is to reverse insulin resistance, then adding extra fat is not going to do the trick, right? But again, context is everything. If you are uh, a healthy person, you're, let's say, an athlete, lots of athletes are probably listening to this right now, and they, they like to season their food with some oil, I mean, we would recommend extra virgin olive oil. Nothing is going to happen to you if you do it like uh, in moderation, of course. And they, there really hasn't been any studies showing that it's uh, extra virgin olive oil, that is. Um, it's not going to do anything to your cardiovascular system or anything like that, right? You are a relatively healthy person. Nothing is going to happen to you. Now, if your goal is different, if your goal is to like lose weight and actually follow the true definition of a plant-based whole food diet, then oils are not for you. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Uh, I'm curious if, you know, if people that you're working with, um, especially if they're not plant-based already, assuming most people aren't, um, if, if oil is one of those things that people have a lot of issues giving up. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, people do have trouble giving it up i mean it's it's so commonly used in cooking that um people do do find it difficult but you know we do give people substitutes we we do tell them to cook with veggie broth or water um you know for dressings we we encourage them to use to combine like nuts and seeds with other ingredients to create creamier dressings so by giving people options other other options they're they have um, an easier time making that that transition we find. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that, uh, you know, it's, we do a lot of homemade oil-free dressings, uh, in our house, but, but cooking without oil has been one of those things that, uh, we've never successfully been able to <laughs> give up or even, even really given it a, a true try because it, it just isn't, isn't, uh, you know, is, is one of those difficult things that people love to cook with oil. Exactly. And an um, air fryer, air fryer. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's actually works or wonders in my household, you know, using an air fryer and not having to use any oil at all and still getting that crispy, uh, tastier foods. Um, oh my goodness. Um, last night we, we put tofu in the air fryer, um, 400 degrees, 15 minutes each side. That's all you need. You're going to get the best crispiest tofu ever. All right. Just wanted to put that no there. oil, <laughs> no oil. <laughs> Matt Frazier is a huge air fryer fan, uh, and we don't have one. I've never actually, I've never actually used one. So, yeah, awesome. So, all right, aside from oil, you know, what other are there any other foods that someone um, should avoid if they are trying to reverse type two diabetes? You know, and, and here I'm speaking, you know, plant based foods, uh, certainly vegan foods, but you know, if, if, assuming that we're, you know, we're talking about a, a mostly whole food plant-based diet, are there other foods that, that people should avoid? So you're saying if somebody's already following a whole food plant-based diet within their group of, of uh, foods, which ones should be avoided? Yeah. Yeah. Are there, yeah. are there any that stand out? So 
Well, I was just going to say, you know, saturated fat is found in some plant-based foods. Um, and our, the goal of our program is to, to really limit your saturated fat. So it is found in coconut, coconut oil, palm, um, palm oil. So I would say out of the plant-based foods, those probably be the ones you would really want to avoid. Um, and then, of course, focusing on whole foods as much as possible within the plant-based um, approach. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I mean, um, in a at a molecular level, saturated fat is, is saturated fat, you know, even, uh -huh. if, even if it's from a plant-based source or an animal-based source. Now, mm -hmm. it is much worse eating saturated fats from animal-based animal sources because it contains other uh, molecules that will that will be detrimental to your health. But if you're eating a plant-based whole food diet and you're eating too much saturated fat, let's say from eating two avocados with your meals and then like um, downing like a handful of like nuts three times a day, then that saturated fat is going to add up very quickly and it's not going to help you reverse insulin resistance now. But, um, you know, have an avocado with your lunch and then, you know, a few nuts um, for, let's say, your, your oatmeal bowl for breakfast, that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, nuts are, are such a huge part of, I think, a lot of uh, vegan eaters' diets. And, and mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I will oftentimes just walk into the kitchen and grab a handful of nuts um, without thinking twice about it. Um, you know, it, it, are you... You're you're kind of suggesting that if if your goal is is reversing type two type two diabetes, then uh, too much of, of that type of stuff could become a problem. Could could be yeah could be detrimental uh, to reach your goal. Absolutely yes, uh, but just the uh, the right amount, moderated uh, moderate uh, amount of, of nuts, seeds, um, fatty uh, fruits like avocado, then there's no problem at all. Great. So I guess to kind of round this out, um, if, if someone is listening who who's, has a family history of type 2 diabetes and, and thinks that they could potentially be at risk, although maybe um, they are, are relatively healthy right now, um, you know, are, are there things that you would suggest that they um, look out for or, uh, or lifestyle changes that they make, you know, just to make sure that they're, they're covering their bases? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, the first thing that I would say is that genes are not destiny. So basically, if you have family history or you're at risk um, of type 2 diabetes for that reason, then it doesn't mean that you have to develop type 2 diabetes because your dad had it or your granddad had it. So um, genes, are, uh, genes are not destiny. Um, and basically, your lifestyle is what pulls a trigger for the development of type 2 diabetes. Okay, so nothing to be afraid of if you have family history of, um, of this condition. Now, with that being said, I would say to equip yourself with as much knowledge as possible, because truly, like, you know, knowledge is power. And in, when it comes to type 2 diabetes, knowledge is, is health. Okay, so um, going to uh, evidence-based sources for this kind of information, like, like us, like you can find us on, on Instagram, um, by the way, the handle is reversing T2D, and we put a lot of information about there, uh, out there about the foods that people should be eating, the foods that people should be avoided, and we always back it up with, uh, with references that have been published in peer-reviewed journals, right? So it's all about um, getting information, the right kind of information, and once you're equipped with, the, with, equipped with all of this knowledge, then you have to take action, right? And this, the action can be slow and steady, like 
meatless Mondays would be a, a great idea to start transitioning to a plant-based whole food diet, you know, start eating less meat every single week, uh, maybe change your breakfast first for a full month instead of eating, you know, eggs and bacon and a muffin, go ahead and try oatmeal with blueberries and a little bit of peanut butter. That will do, that will do the work. Uh, that will do the job. And then um, little by little, you start transitioning to lunch and dinner. And every now and then, whenever you have a craving, you can absolutely eat some, some kind of cheat meal. That's totally fine. But again, to summarize, my, my advice would be equip yourself with knowledge and take slow and steady action. Yeah. And as someone who does have a family history of type two diabetes, what I personally do is, you know, I really focus on three lifestyle modifications, you know, my diet, exercise and, and stress. So, um, diet, the research shows a primarily plant-based diet is very helpful at preventing type two diabetes from developing exercise as well. Having some sort of um, an exercise regimen that you do consistently, and then really, really making it a point to reduce stressors in your life. Stress can wreak havoc on the body, especially chronic stress, and it can have um, quite an influence on on glucose and the development of type two diabetes. So, you know, as so for me, that those are the three main pillars that I focus on to reduce my risk in, in the future. And, and then of course, testing your blood regularly. So getting your A1C levels checked, getting your glucose levels checked. Um, it's not, it's not a, as widely of available and accessible as it should be getting your blood tested. But it, if you are at a higher risk, make it a point to get those levels checked every year. Awesome. Right, great advice. Um, so if people want to learn more about you guys and the work you're doing or reach out, you know, what's the best place for people to find you? Um, there's three ways you can go to, uh, our website is reversing T2D.com. Uh, if you have more of like a personal question and you need information right now, you can email us at team at reversing T2D.com. Or if you're more of like a visual learner, uh, want to get some information first, um, then go ahead and follow us on Instagram and that would be at reversing T2D. Those would be the best three ways to get started with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if you know someone who does currently suffer from type two diabetes, we do have a 10 week program that teaches you how to slowly incorporate more plant-based foods into your diet and eliminate some of those, um, animal products to help you reverse um, diabetes and insulin resistance. And we've seen really, really great results with people going through our program. So, you know, feel free to, to, to refer us to anyone you know who may be suffering from diabetes. Awesome. I love it. Thank you guys both so much for coming on the podcast and uh, for all the work that you're doing to help change people's lives. And um, I hope that uh, people from the audience here will, will look you up. You're doing really incredible work. So thank you, thank you both, and Jose, good luck on that Ironman. Thank you very much, and thank you for letting us spread the word, Doug. You, don't, you have no idea how much that means to us. <laughs> good. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Um, um, it's our pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>